0: Kind of continuing our comic book thing in november we should really have an, a like a name for it like comic-vember that's no, terrible but um we got uh christopher sabella wait am i pronouncing that right yeah good okay sometimes like short names that are seemingly quite easy to pronounce uh like we'll like do a total 180 on you but you're not one of those people so that's good irish name terrible
1: for that but, yeah uh, i am with everybody else like i have friends who i've known for 10 plus years who still say my name wrong so
0: okay yeah i got it right off the bat yeah Pretty good
1: about myself <laughs> now
0: so yeah and in case you didn't know he is the writer of crowded and a bunch of other things but right now crowded which is out on image comics uh we're to the fifth issue now well, uh, is...
1: fifth issue just went to prep, so fifth issue will be out uh, December. Uh, so yeah, four just came out.
0: Yeah, and they're they're on the first Wednesday of the month comic book drop day, right?
1: And uh, they... I think so. Yeah, like it, we kind of get our dates, but that's roughly like when we come out, first or second week of the of the month.
0: And um, <clears throat> so this one got recommended to me. On a really early episode of the show by uh, Michelle Perez, who wrote *The Pervert*, which is incredible and filthy, and mostly incredible. Yes. Also very filthy, but incredible. And um, she said, "You know, in a few months, watch out for this uh, book. Crowded. It's gonna, it's gonna be big. It's gonna be good. And then Crowded dropped uh, four months back, and it was big and it was good. And now, like." I think like three or four issues in it, the film rights have already been optioned, um, which I don't want to be one of those people who's like, if a comic book uh, gets into film or television, then it's legit because it's already right. legit because it's it's art, it's out there in the world already. But still, to to be optioned at this early stage is is a big deal.
1: It's and, a nice vote of confidence, yeah. Oh
0: yeah, and it's been optioned by Rebel Wilson. mm Hmm who i didn't even know was like doing stuff is is this like a, a new thing for her like making films supposed to be um,
1: i think it's sort of a new thing she's doing like i know she has a production company set up and like uh i know we're certainly not the first uh that she's sort of acquired but uh i think it's fairly new uh like yeah you know she's just you know it's like in comics like uh you can only do like corporate big two comics for so long before you want to go off and do your creator own books
0: yeah and um, we're gonna get let's we'll talk about that in a second but did you like at any point in your conversations with her because you've like met her face to face right uh-huh cool. okay one is she super nice because she seems like she'll be super nice and two did she show you her nunchuck skills
1: Uh, one, she's very nice. Yes. Uh, like way more than I, I don't know. Like I've talked to her twice on the phone and then met her in person last month. Uh, and yeah, she's just like, uh, I don't know. She seems just like super genuine and nice. Uh, that could all be a ruse, but I don't think it is. Um, like, and just the fact that like, she is very invested in like having us from the book be part of her plans for the movie. Like uh it's it's a real nice uh I don't know. You know, I've been through the Hollywood stuff a little bit here and there and it all kind of just it starts crappy and just gets worse. And this kind of started great and seems to be getting better. So um nice. no nunchuck skills, but she did uh tell us a story about when she got kidnapped. Um so <laughs> also she has like a law degree uh which i didn't know um she
0: just like keeps getting new and more awesome like character traits about herself yeah no she (laughs) would just stop but
1: no apparently her backstory is like yeah she like she has a crazy backstory um so so yeah and then she ended our meeting uh or like right towards the end of our meeting she was like oh and i'm going to have dinner with george and amal clooney tonight and i was like oh that's that's the weirdest sentence anyone's like said to me in a room uh so yeah uh super weird uh circumstances but she was incredibly nice and i i feel lucky that like she picked our book up
0: and she's um am i right in thinking she's gonna be starring it in it as well
1: i believe yeah she has uh angles on uh playing charlie um i would have thought so so yeah. but you know that could all change but uh but yeah i mean it uh it feels like a good match so mm-hmm. yeah it does
0: but uh before we go on we should probably like tell people who charlie is and why they oh, yeah. should care about this book because uh people should care about this book so yeah uh, give us a little elevator pitch for crowded
1: um, so crowded takes place in what I've been calling 10 minutes in the future. And it's, it's a world pretty much like our own, except, uh, uh, technology has basically just taken over a bit more. It's sort of like a, a Silicon Valley tech bros wet dream. Um, and one of the, one of the things that exists in this future is a crowdfunding app for assassinations called Reaper. Um, and anybody can open a campaign uh and all they need is somebody to basically contribute money to it and it's live. And then anybody out there who wants to collect that money can just go kill the person and uh it's all quasi-legal. Uh And one morning, our main character, Charlie, wakes up and she has a Reaper campaign open on her. There's like, several thousand backers and it's already up over a million dollars and she has no idea why
0: so like she hires million dollar campaigns are like rare to not
1: exist yeah time. yeah most most campaigns like either go nowhere or you know they you know manage to it's like any kickstarter campaign really like uh some of them can blow up to extreme proportions but more often than not most of them are pretty mid-level if they you know if they get funded at all Um, So Charlie has to hire a bodyguard to protect her. And so she goes on this app called Defend, which is like Uber for bodyguards, and hires Vita, uh, who is like the lowest rated bodyguard on the app. And together they have to survive for the next 30 days until the campaign is over. um, While literally everybody who wants to is trying to kill them.
0: Yeah. And it gets...
1: Crazier from there.
0: And yeah. Charlie herself, she's she makes her money entirely from these like little crowdsourced um like crowd apps. She's like a dog walker and people can rent her clothes and she's an Uber driver, technically.
1: Yeah, she everything she does is stuff you can do now. Um I basically just scoured uh all the sort of online job share stuff and there's no end to the things you can make money at, uh, on, on these platforms. So, so yeah, it's, it got the wheel spinning and it felt very much like freelancing, which is what I've been doing for over 10 years now. So, uh, I could relate to that, you know, sort of eternal hustle part of, of Charlie.
0: Yeah. I guess unlike with freelancing, no one's going to ask you to do like an assassination for exposure.
1: Yeah. Uh, not yet, but you know, i'm sure somebody like has gotten a really cushy gig on like uh you know the superman book <laughs> uh <laughs> like killing somebody
0: and speaking of like big two and the big comics you've so tell me a little bit more about your background in comics because you've done like uh let me see some like big licensed properties like uh hitman and injustice and uh does he have a big one
1: um done a few like i did escape from new york and oh yeah alien of course that was the predator one
0: was... alien versus predator okay nice um and harley quinn yeah you've been on as well um
1: yeah
0: and a ton I of creator owned a... stuff for image as well
1: yeah um so yeah i mean my background is basically um you know i've always kind of written and then basically got distracted by having to pay my rent and stuff so Uh, you know, I always wrote on the side and then when I went freelance, I was a freelance graphic designer for, uh, a good, like, um, I don't know, like four years or so and realized I just wasn't very good at it, or at least I wasn't good enough at it that I could continue to make a living, but I knew that I could write. And so then I just decided, like, I was going to sort of bet the farm on, uh, I sort of packed all my crap, moved to Portland, Oregon, and tried to break into comics, and and somehow I did it. So, so for folks at home who don't know, why
0: Portland? Why not New York or L.A.?
1: Because uh, one, Portland was very cheap at the time. Like I was living in the Midwest of the U.S., and uh, the cost of living was pretty similar, uh, except that Portland wasn't in the Midwest and it had. You know, didn't have terrible summers, didn't have terrible winters, and there were a bunch of comics people here, including like Dark Horse Comics is located here and Oni Press is located here. So it just felt like if I'm going to pursue writing comics, then getting, I don't know, sort of into the heart of – at least one of the hearts – the heart that I could afford um, felt like – a necessary step to kind of make it a little more real to me um, and put the pressure on me because it's like well you moved all the way over here you better like actually make this happen or you're gonna feel like a jackass
0: and um, so how did you get into comics because I've, I've been into comics for a while and I keep reading interviews with people who are in somehow broke in and everyone has a different story that doesn't seem yeah. to be like there is in literature where you get an agent the agent publishes you and you get an agent by sending them a manuscript like that does not exist for comics in any way right
1: uh pretty much yeah like i think outside of maybe like some companies like fanagraphics some of those sort of higher end publishers have some of that but yeah everybody gets into comics in a different way um it's just yeah, there because there is no set format for entering comics, it's it's you know, it's a crapshoot and it's all about I mean, in the end it's all about sort of doing it yourself. Like the best way to get into comics is to like either go off and make your comic on your own, um, or go off and prove that you can do this in a different field. So like either artists working as illustrators or storyboarders um, or, you know, writers going off and writing novels or, you know, uh, movies or TV shows. Um, And then I think mostly it's just about proving that like you can hit your deadlines uh, because comics is so reliant on deadlines and uh, that you're not uh, a crazy asshole. Um, And, and then beyond that, like, you know, it's mostly about trying to find your people inside of comics like the ones that you gel with and also like who are going like you sort of help raise them up and they help raise you up like uh yeah it's it's hard to, you know it's hard to, it's like breaking in with a band or something like there's no there's no set way to do it it's just uh if you do something that makes a big enough splash that makes people pay attention um or you know you just like uh toil away for years and years and one day somebody like pays attention so uh i wish there was a secret formula to it because it would have made the last several years a lot easier
0: so what is it that you did to how did you make
1: your big splash um basically uh so i did a book uh called screamland that i co-wrote with a friend of mine um that was my first book that got published and it was totally the wrong book to send to publishers because uh, it was full of like uh, cocaine and orgies and uh, weird shit like that. So then I got – then I was like – I went a year without anything happening for me in comics and uh, basically some friends of mine had started an a digital-only comics imprint called uh, Monkey Brain Comics uh, – and it was only publishing comics through Comicsology, And they, asked, they were like, we can't pay you, uh, but we will give you like this platform and we just want you to do the book you most want to do. So uh, the book I most wanted to do was a book called High Crimes, uh, which is a crime thriller set on and around Mount Everest. And uh, I managed to find – Uh, My collaborator, Ibrahim, uh, who also lives in Portland uh, through a mutual friend, uh, which like – so like me moving to Portland made sense in retrospect because none of this stuff would have happened without it. Um, And then Ibrahim just – and I just started working on this book and uh, when the first issue came out, we just managed to get it in the right people's hands and suddenly people were calling us. To give it like hire us to do other stuff.
0: Cool. So, yeah, you know, being from Portland, uh, I used to live there way back in the day. I went to university there. um I know it's a very like uh, wooded, like leafy kind of uh, area. And mm-hmm. um, so, have you been raking up those leaves? Because uh, as we know, if you don't rake up those leaves. From the entire forest um right there will They'll be a catch on fire, fire. Yeah. yeah so uh... <laughs> um, if you want to just cut this short and just get out there and start raking then i fully understand you'll save thousands of lives
1: it rains too much here for that so i think we're we're fine um that kind that's of the one is what gets people killed <laughs> okay. it's true but uh yeah i'm gonna risk it uh yeah oh man i hate living here but <laughs> what else am i gonna do i guess
0: Is <laughs> in portland or america because america uh, yeah yeah i can see that yeah i i really don't know how anyone does it Um, my country's a, a shit show especially this week but uh yours is
1: yeah sorry it's really going for it yeah um yeah no i mean it's kind of interesting living through it uh like I was just like talking about this the other night. It's like I never thought like I would live to see like an actual like demagogue take over and, and that the demagogue would be so shitty. Like yeah. it's it's like I was at least expecting when you know the evil took over that it would at least be kind of impressive and it's not. Like it's just like all yeah. it does is you just think prove like, like, like how house... it's sort of like
0: red skull type and instead you get
1: Exactly yeah. Like the
0: Sundown in millionaire he's probably not a millionaire
1: no uh yeah it's just it's it's so i mean it's disappointing more than anything like like if we have to live in a dictatorship that our dictator is just like so crappy um i mean i'm trying to make light of it because it's just it's just you know we've just been living in a, a downpour of awful for the last two years so yeah
0: i mean it does kind of that crappiness is his, like, major defense mechanism. Because, I mean, if, he, if there was, like, some evil, like, Red Skull-type dictator in America, people would be out in the streets turning over cop cars. But because he's an idiot who has probably got brain worms, people just make jokes on Twitter or on late night TV, and that's the resist- hashtag resistance to him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's also that, like, you know, his followers just are totally cool with it. Um, and I think I figured it out or at least I explained it well enough to myself the other night, which was that like, they look at a dude like that and they're like, that guy is so much worse than I am. And he's fucking president. Like, so like that kind of gives me permission to remain being the shitty person that I am. And like, I'll still succeed. I'll still be able to squeak it out. Cause this dude did it. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, but most of my life has been trying to understand other people and I, I don't think I'm ever going to get there.
0: Same, same, same. So um, before we go on to more fun stuff, I'm going to just uh, play some rocking jams because one thing we can agree on is that uh, death metal is awesome and yes. you should always be listening to it and uh, never stop until you die. And uh the best band doing it this year at least is two mold out of ontario toronto to be exact um (coughs) and they put out a really incredible album earlier this year called manner of infinite forms was on 20 bucks spin it was incredible it's probably going to be all over best of the year lists and they've just come out with a little self-produced tape uh called cerulean salvation uh they're actually this doesn't get picked up enough but they're actually really good graphic designers all their stuff looks really good but um this is the title track of two on cerulean salvation and it's awesome and you should be into two molds and here it is and it's great <laughs> With Cerulean Salvation of the uh, two e, two record of the two song EP that uh, they just put out it's on Bandcamp, there'll be a link to it in the show notes as always. And still here with uh, Chris Sabella of uh, Crowded and a bunch of other stuff. And one of the, the little things I wanted to just get your kind of your input on. This is one of those like this isn't a question more of a comment kind of questions which i know people hate but uh fuck it's my podcast um see you put out a book a while back called uh shanghai red that was on image and that's about actually you 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 explain it you could probably do better than me because i haven't actually read it but uh
1: um yeah it's a uh it's a it was a mini series that was uh basically about the uh the Somebody who gets shanghaied, which back in the day was uh, they would drug or uh, trick sailors into getting onto boats and basically signing their lives away because um, boats needed uh, people to work them no matter what. So our story is about a woman who gets shanghaied. Uh, While dressed as a man, so she has to keep herself hidden on the boat and then basically she takes over the boat, kills everybody on it and turns it around and heads back to Portland, Oregon, uh, which was one of the sort of big – uh, capital cities of Shanghai back in the very late 1800s. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's a five issue revenge story about like identity and family. Um, and it's pretty brutal, um, and kind of bleak.
0: Nice. Did you, have, have, have you been to the Shanghai tunnels?
1: Yeah. That's where I got the idea from, mm, uh, I, I was imagine going.
0: So, yeah. so for people who don't know, uh, Downtown Portland is riddled with these underground tunnels underneath most of the bars, or what used to be bars back in the day, that lead out to the to the uh, to the waterfront. And I don't. So, do you know? Because I've heard two things about this. One is that everyone was being Shanghaied left and right, and all these tunnels were to, to be for dragging people onto boats. And the other is that no one was being Shanghaied, or if they were, it was just, you know, they were just. Go on the streets, and those tunnels are actually just for unloading beer from boats and putting it on into bars. Did you ever get an answer to that? Because I've I've never worked this out about Portland.
1: Uh, so yeah, it's still in contention, but the I think the most widely accepted version at this point is that the tunnels weren't used for shanghaiing because they didn't need to. Like they could just they could throw a drunk sailor in the back of a wagon and carry him down to the docks and sell him off. And nobody would give a shit because it was just, it was part of society back then. And and Portland was so corrupt and everybody was so in on it that you didn't have to hide it. Um, So a lot of the tunnels were built basically to move things from the ships that would come through on the Willamette river um, and to, to avoid like all the traffic between sort of several blocks into Portland and the waterfront. Um but it was also um the tunnels became a place where uh the Chinese uh laborers uh, would sort of and the tongs would, would build sort of their illicit uh their own kind of you know uh crime dens down there. So they would have like opium dens and uh prostitution rings uh and People, you know, knew that, that basically, like, these tunnels that were sort of off the main tunnels were run by the Chinese, and you probably didn't want to go there uh, unless, you know, you were really good at navigating in the dark. Yeah,
0: so that's a really cool thing about Portland. That that city is just weird now. Yeah. I, I mean... Yeah. But, um... I mean
1: it... It's a, yeah, I lived here for a couple of years before I even found out about the Shanghai Tunnels. Like, uh, Portland is just full of, like, really a lot of ugly history that, by and large, you know, they try to ignore. Um, so, I, that once I found out about the Shanghai Tunnels, it was like, that's so weird. It's like they're basically just, like, pretending that didn't happen, that, you know, like, Portland wasn't, you know, in on ruining the lives of like hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and it's just like, no, that was, you know, we'll, we'll turn this little part into a tourist trap. And uh, I don't know, there's something interesting about, you know, all that tragedy and what it's become.
0: So turning back to Crowded. So, um, <clears throat> so right now in the story, uh, Vita and Charlie are on the run from literally everyone because anyone with a, a phone could potentially want to kill them to collect on a reward. And um, you've also got, like, high-profile uh, assassins after them. Uh, Trotter and another person named... Who I didn't... Is she actually named in a comic? Because I only found no. her name. Oh, okay, I must not been dumb then. Okay, uh, Cersei, who is significantly more awesome than trotter so uh, tell us about
1: those guys um yeah it was uh i mean trotter is basically like um pewdiepie if he murdered people um that's gonna be like that's what my... he does next week probably. <laughs> pretty much yeah like it's not that big of a jump um you know or like logan paul going and recording corpses in the uh the japanese suicide forest like there's not that big of a gulf between that and them like deciding they're going to hunt someone down and murder them uh while their fans cheer them on um so yeah like trotter is just like i don't know kind of my uh, my my bizarre fascination with like youtube stars and twitch stars like and who's how your fave?
0: who's like your uh, number
1: 1 I mean I don't like any of them really. Uh I mean my there there's this one dude his name is Darkside Phil. Um and he's been like uh he's been streaming games for years. like he was one of the first YouTubers to like broadcast himself playing video games and he's just like nowadays he's just so that people will show recaps of his stream and it's just him complaining about how basically the game cheats. You know, he's like, oh, well, there's latency in the online and that's why I didn't win this round. And it's just like, it's, like the, the, it's just one excuse after another. And it's like, but I'm still like really good at video games. And it's like, you're so <laughs> terrible at video games. It's like, But this is your living and somehow you've managed to like keep it going. Um, yeah, like I never got into PewDiePie or... I, I, I'm kind of – I'm fascinated it, – it's sort of like baseball for me. Like I don't like baseball or watching it at all, but I I find the stories behind baseball players to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's the same with like streamer YouTube culture is like I don't find any of them particularly interesting. But somebody summarizing like here's the story of how this person like completely – ruined their uh, online fame in like one broadcast um something about that you know and i think it ties in with the whole crowded thing of like you know you do one thing wrong and somebody can open a a campaign on you know and kill you and you know um I mean, a lot of that was like inspired by that woman who who yeah, tweeted yeah, to say that, that, yeah
0: the um the woman who uh she was like i'm going to africa hope i don't get aids lol yeah
1: yeah. And, and yeah, then... <laughs> yeah and when you got off the plane it was like oh like everybody in the world fucking hates you um and that i think like really was one of the things that i kept in mind when i started developing crowded was like it's not that unreasonable like and even you know like right after the uh the inauguration of trump like and when like Richard Spencer got punched uh, famously, uh, like there was somebody who set up something that was like a bounty um, for information on whoever punched him. And it was like, well, that's like, you know, a bounty on information and a bounty on basically beating the crap out of somebody and like dragging him to someone else. Like it's not that far apart. So hmm. uh, most of crowded. did it's been like a race like i i keep feeling like the real real world is going to outpace us if we don't keep moving so
0: mm. and there was the um i forget what it's called um it's uh, like a website where guys who have been dumped can um like kind of crowdsource the harassment of their exes yeah and, uh, what like pay, kiwi pay is that it uh, yeah there's there's, i think that's one of them
1: uh, yeah it, no, it's there's like an even
0: more mainstream version of that, yeah yeah and it's that... a cottage
1: industry now, like, and that's a like yeah it's that's why like I don't know, um writing this book is like kind of a a cathartic way of like taking all this stuff in, and it's like I'm not really altering it all that much, like you know no, it's just one little, one little tweak here or there, and it's even like like in our last issue, we did a whole thing about a firefighter being like. Oh well, we can use water, or if you swipe for like a surcharge, we'll use this foam that's like sixty-two percent more effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I saw, yeah, something... Kimmy
0: Kanye I was just about to, uh, just about to say they've done that exact same thing in California.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or like where they, yeah, like they cut. A, I think it was like Verizon was like offering like special fire service, and they were like cutting off firefighters' service. <laughs> it's like oh my god like it's it's just happening too fast it's like all the all the jokes i'm making are gonna seem like really passe uh if, if i don't like try to keep ahead of the world and it's like who can who can guess where the world is going to go from day to day so it's yeah, it's a really I like
0: pick up my old issues of crowd in 20 years when i'll be like oh this is pretty quaint i liked it back yeah. then <laughs> Before a genocider came along, and you got to pay for which races you want to exterminate or something.
1: Don't give them ideas. Oh, yeah,
0: someone will do that.
1: But um,
0: <coughs> so without spoiling, obviously, um, where where does it go from here? Uh, because um, Charlie's on a thirty day countdown. She's, and we still don't know why people are paying. Uh, so much money to have her whacked which i'm gonna guess is gonna come up at some point yeah and it has kind of been danced around a little bit and it seems like it seems like she knows uh doesn't want to tell vita and um it's one of the the weird things i thought was that uh no one seems to talk about why she's been why she's so hated like thousands of people want to kill her like like why is that information out there you you probably know why but um
1: uh yeah i mean like well like in, in our last issue um we we definitely tried to sort of zoom in a bit more on that with trotter interviewing like people from her past um but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to draw it out, but like, not to the point where it's like, you're not going to find out to the last issue. Like, um, you know, the first arc basically felt like trying to build a world, um, and especially build Charlie and Vita into two people that you care about. Even if, like, Charlie annoys the shit out of you, there's still something endearing about her to you, and you want to know, know more about them. So, now basically we're we're from here we're going to start branching out and exploring what the rest of America is like uh in this nightmare uh utopia so and also exploring like more about why everybody wants Charlie dead and all the stuff that Vita refuses to talk about in her past um you know it's like uh, more than anything like the hook is really cool to me and I love writing this futuristic world, but it's, it's Charlie and Vita that really are driving the book for me. And it's, you know, like now, you know, they're like fictional friends of mine in my head. So now uh, I'm just kind of along for the ride. Um, And I, I sort of know where, I mean, I know exactly where we're going, but, um, and I sort of know, the emotional uh map that's going to happen between them but uh there's a lot i don't know and i'm excited to sort of find out as we go um but yeah like you know it's uh, we're going to about 20 i think 24 issues is what we decided on um
0: yeah that's plenty of time for the world to catch up with with you so yeah again, yeah uh
1: <laughs> hopefully you get some royalties when real life
0: reaper comes online
1: yeah, I would at least like uh, – uh, well, I don't know if I would like a nod. Um, I feel like that would blow back on me pretty hard. <laughs> uh, like Zuckerberg, like he's always going to be like – like no matter what he did, it's going to be like, oh, you're the guy who like ruined American democracy. Like, uh, So <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to make – all these terrible things a a bit more fun, I guess. I this is my, my way of dealing with the world the way it is right now.
0: I think it's a, it's a better way to deal with the world than being all cod serious about things.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, I mean, I, I am so much of the time that it's, you know, writing really does become an escape for me because it's like, Oh, well I get to go back into this world where, you know, uh, people are murdering each other <laughs> all the time, and this is somehow more pleasant than like every time I open the news so um so yeah, I'm just kind of really embracing the escapism part of it and just like i I'm just really glad I get the chance to sort of live inside of crowded for for the next year or so.
0: you know who doesn't like escapism and comics um everyone's favorite best friend, uh, Bill Maher i heard that he um yeah he's uh he's got a take and really wonderfully timed as well like he couldn't have just sat on it for a few weeks uh moments after stanley was uh had died and like you know he's complicated le- legacy but you know he's still got to give him some props for what he's done but sure he uh yeah <clears throat> bill Maher comes out and uh says that's I'm gonna bring up this quote because it, it's a it's a doozy.
1: Um well, he basically said like that's why Trump won is because people read yeah. comic books. I yeah, I, don't think, I mean,
0: I don't think it's a stretch, a huge stretch to suggest to suggest that Donald Trump could only get elected in a company that thinks comic books are important. I mean, one that's like every country. There's no yeah. country that like, <laughs> doesn't like comic books, especially in the 21st century when like every Marvel movie makes a billion dollars so and like japan has had manga for longer and it's a bigger part of people's lives and yeah they don't have trumps they their prime ministers are like boring guys um but yeah that's
1: um yeah i mean that dude really needs to take. yeah i mean but that's all that dude does it's like i don't know why anybody is surprised that like his take about this is as shitty as his takes about you know, every, he's just another fucking dude who like doesn't need to worry. Um, you know, he's a straight white dude with a TV job. Um, like no matter what happens in this country, he's going to be fine. Mm. Um, so yeah, he can afford to have dumb shitty takes like that. Cause it doesn't, none of this affects him. It's just all about like can i get in the news again uh for saying something dumb and shit like and that's for better like that's now a uh that's a career model now is like do something really stupid um and you can build a career on that um which again is another like crowded thing all wrapped up in a nice little bow so
0: yeah. there's a way i could like have some sort of app that would allow me to get my revenge on these terrible people oh well but um it's called time (laughs) uh, apparently not because people like bill Maher and um pewdiepie and uh that other guy they seem to like be made of teflon like there are no consequences and and this is like this stan lee thing is like low-end bill ma stuff he's like palling around with alt-right guys yeah and um yeah, he, he should have re-been really cancelled a long time ago. And plus, I, I have literally never met someone who likes him. And I, I can go pretty far outside my bubble sometimes. I've never met a Bill Maher fan. They, yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, I like...
1: Uh, he was in that movie DC Cab with Mr. T in the 80s. Uh, he was
0: also in Iron Man 3. So,
1: um, right, right. I, I maybe, guess I saw somebody posted that, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like... Eh, I. You know, I uh, comics are, you know, yeah, I comics are kind of fucking juvenile. But, you know, that's if you're looking at the problem, I feel, is like when people say comics, people instantaneously think, you know, big two superhero shit. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that is like such a small like I mean, it's a big part, but it's also like a small part of what comics is. And like. You know, it's like saying that all books suck because there's a lot of romance books out there. Like, it's like, no, like you just find the genre or the writer or, you know, whatever that works for you. It's like, but you know, that, that involves like actual work and it's a lot easier to just have a take on something and move on with your life, um, than to, you know, like, people get rewarded for being close-minded now. It's like, Because if they can frame it in a clever enough way, I guess. I don't know. Um, the world's completely, like, shit. And uh, Bill Maher is a very small part <laughs> of that. Like, he, I think he's just, like, best easily ignored. Um, like, nobody watches his show. Like, the only time anybody talks about him is when he says something completely fucking dumb. So, if we stop talking about him when he says dumb shit, then maybe he'll just go away completely.
0: Mm. I mean, that literally did work with one of Bill's friends, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. You never hear about him anymore. Yeah. Uh, and uh, th- there's been, like, a couple of little bumps where he's been trying to do a talk at some university then it didn't happen. But he's, like, gone now, and he's going to be, like, living with his parents next year, probably. And the same yeah. can happen for Bill Maher. If we have just a little bit more disciplined, <laughs> we like, keep reposting and talking about him so we we can i think we we can do it like humanity collectively can ignore bill maher until he goes away that's what i've been
1: doing like it's been working pretty well for me so
0: yeah Uh, we just need to all have your strength
1: (laughs) trust me like that's the only place where i'm like i get into so much dumb shit on twitter like getting into arguments with sock puppet accounts like i'm not a model of restraint (laughs) at all so
0: and you're not raking the leaves which you should be yeah no so yeah
1: i got a dog though the dog will like let me know if fire starts so that's why i got a
0: time like yeah it'd be just too late the the big inflatable squid thing at that seafood restaurant downtown will be gone unless that's already gone maybe it is I think it is. My, yeah. yeah, I don't I, know. My, like, I have yeah. I have 2005 knowledge about Portland. Oh
1: yeah, no, so, it's it's so yeah. I mean, even I moved here in 2010, and it's like so much of it is different from when I moved here. Um,
0: I said before yeah. it was cool. So you know.
1: Yeah, you were here when just like it was just full of like heroin people, or like people who were just getting off of heroin.
0: Yeah, it was great times.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sad I wasn't here for it. Like I got right. here in the uh, the real estate boom, or like right before the real estate boom. So I got here at the exact wrong moment.
0: Yeah, I was. I lived in Portland. You lived in Portlandia.
1: Burns. Yeah, yeah. Sick burn.
0: You did it. <laughs> <laughs> owned. Um. So are, th- are that sick owned? Um. Is there anything? Is there any like um. But let's do like a uh, like a comic book uh, recommendation chain letter. Since you recommended to me, who would you recommend as like the next awesome comic I should read that I'm not reading already?
1: Hmm. Um. Bu- bu- bu. Let me think. Um. Uh, Uthernots by Teeny Howard. Ufo, as in UFO noughts? no as in euthanasia oh right okay um that's it's coming out on uh, black crown which is shelly bond's uh imprinted idw um yeah it's it's a gorgeous looking book teeny's a really good writer um and i feel like it's definitely like kind of a breakout book for her um so so what's it about
0: The uh, title is intriguing
1: yeah, it's basically about uh, people who explore the after- its afterlife. Like, it's really hard to sum up. But I think, like, if you just, like, look up preview pages of it, like, that'll be enough to sell you. Um, Nick Robles, who draws it, is just, like, doing really gorgeous work. And, I don't know, he and Teeny just – their sensibilities fit together really well. It's like a weird – gothic space fantasy except it's not in space it's in the afterlife um so yeah it's it's hard to describe without like and then this happens and then this happens um i would just say like i think a trade of it will be out um probably at the beginning of next year uh but there's like four issues of it out right now so cool
0: that's on uh idw did you say or an imprint yeah yeah okay i will check it out and who knows maybe I'll, I'll just keep this like comic book recommendation chain letter going it'll be like 10 years from now i'll look back
1: and uh i like it i think it's a good method
0: yeah so um yeah and what about uh yourself anything you want to plug is uh, is there a trade of crowded coming out soon is there are you working uh, on anything else or
1: yeah um yeah right now uh Besides crowded, I have a, a book called House A Muck that's coming out, um, also from IDW. Um, that's a uh, it's a five issue horror story about a family that goes insane together, um, and then they go on a road trip full of murder and uh, delusional psychoses. So um, just any family then? Got it. Yeah, yeah, just a little, uh, a little more interesting to look at than most road trips. Okay. Um, so there's two issues of that out. Uh, let's see. My book, uh, Heartthrob from Oni is uh, the third and final volume is going to start coming out uh, early next year. Um, and then, yeah, the trade for Crowded, the first volume will be out in March um, in February, uh, Ibrahim and I are putting out a trade of high crimes at through Image, um, and in January the trade for Shanghai Red comes out through Image. Damn.
0: Okay, you've got a lot on your plate. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well, luckily I did like most of the work on those already, so um, now they just get to come out in spiffy, uh, you know, bound volumes, uh, which makes it a lot easier to sell.
0: Awesome. Okay, um, so yeah, uh, folks at home do go read Crowded. Uh, it, it'll be in your local comic shop um, if you could find one, because there's very few nowadays. Uh, or on, com- it's on Comixology, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, Comixology, which is like iTunes for comics, and probably a few other places. You could probably buy it online in physical form, and it is very awesome. And there will be a film out of it, probably. It's a, it's optioned, right? Not. Yeah, it's optioned.
1: Yeah, um, and I yeah, I've met our screenwriter, so uh you know, it could all fall apart tomorrow, but like uh I'm cautiously optimistic. Awesome.
0: Cool. I'm well I'm I'm pulling for you. because I want to see who plays Vita.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Are you any any uh dreamcasting for that one?
1: Uh like Tessa Thompson. Uh, yeah, that's
0: really the only answer, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Uh, mostly just because, yeah, then I would be able to, like, uh, hang, hang out, meet her at least cool. once, yeah, yeah.
0: like, oh, so. damn, what if she wasn't cool? If you could, like, I know, I know it's a very remote possibility, but what if she's, like, really lame, uh, and mean, and <laughs>
1: it's possible, gassy,
0: yeah. and, uh, maybe she's got, like, bad body odor, who knows?
1: Yeah, no, they always say never meet your heroes, but, oh, yeah. uh
0: i'll risk it oh god i'm gonna be freaked out it's it's like i'm not gonna sleep tonight i'm gonna be worried why tess thompson isn't cool (laughs) oh man okay i i I need i i need to to rock out to get my brain back on track so uh yeah um (coughs) so um now play finish the episode with a a band that like Everyone online seems to have like fallen in love with in the last week. Uh, they're put called "Portrayal of Guilt." They're out of Texas. Uh, they're, I guess, a kind of screamo black metal-y band, but they don't sound too much like uh, Death Heaven or people. They've they've got their own thing going on. The songs are all very short. For, some, for one thing, there's no like big post rock noodling for seven minutes. They're all it's it's just all filler, no killer. No, killer, no filler. Um, They're, uh, yeah, and everyone's, like, falling in love with this one record. So I figured I would, for the few of you who haven't heard of it yet, uh, this is going to be a song called Among Friends, second song off their album. Uh, They've only been around a couple of years, uh, since May of 2017. So these guys are new, and I don't even know if this is on a record label yet. may not be. Uh, um it's really, really well done. So do do check it out and come back next week because I don't even know what we've got on next week. Uh there's a, a bunch of stuff. Um hopefully we'll be meeting our old friends from the band Vile Creature again, because they're coming down to my neck of the woods and I could do my first live interview. So if, if you think regular interviews with me are awkward Wait till I'm making eye contact with people. It's going to be a mess. You love it, and um, yeah, and we got stuff on Mark Fisher's uh, posthumously published book. It's going to be coming up pretty soon. There's all kinds of stuff happening. So uh, check that out. Rate and review it, and all that business. And do check out Crowded because highly, highly recommended. It's it's fun as hell. So. On that note, here is portrayal of guilt. Bing, and then there will be.